0: Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio dot listeners once again. Um, I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandra de. I am Saide Malikafzali. We are from Tavana Organizations, and today uh, we decided to talk about personality tests. And the question is whether the personality test uh, find the best person for the job. Are we more successful? After, um, you know, hiring someone in an organization um, with the test be um, showing um, the, as outcome showing that, um, for example, we are an extrovert, we are an introvert, um, is this really showing our personality and not only that. Can a personality test determine if you are a good fit for a job? Um, I was just sharing with my colleagues that uh, I was reading an article in American Psychological Association, and that was an interview with Dr. Fred Oswald, um, who is a professor at Rice University. And we started this conversation and we decided we go on air and we talk about This And then one of the other things that we were talking about was whether, in general, when you are picked for a job, would you change your personality to fit that job? Or would the job even change your personality? There are all these questions that we are going to start conversing about. And uh, we start with Dr. Rocker's.
1: Actually, I'm going to jump in front of you, Daniel, if you don't mind here. Uh, I was just thinking we should probably expand on the idea of like, what is psychological testing? I think a lot of people hear that and they think that they are sitting down in a room with an examiner and they're being kind of drilled or asked all these questions or having to fill in all these bubbles. Uh, I think psychological testing is kind of expanding to everyday situations. Uh, One of the areas that I see it, having worked in primary care settings is when people come to see their medical doctor. There are sometimes questionnaires or screeners that they fill out. Uh, a common one is called the PHQ-2. And what that is, is typically two questions that kind of allude, like, are you depressed? Are you having thoughts of like hurting yourself or killing yourself? And from there, there are other screeners, the PHQ-9, which is several other questions related to depression. Uh, there's other ones that are related to anxiety, the, the GAD, the general anxiety, um, what's the GAD stand for? Generalized Anxiety disorder scale or something like that. There's the BDI, the Beck Depression Inventory, the BAI, the Beck Anxiety Inventory. I can go on and on. There's like 70,000 probably questionnaires that people can end up filling out uh, when they go and visit their medical doctor. And so that's one place people might see them. Uh, Also too, just as you were mentioning, Saide, when people are applying to jobs nowadays, a lot of the job application process is online. So in addition to filling out your name and your work history, there'll sometimes be a series of questions that they ask you. Um, And some of them, it feels kind of obvious that they're trying to kind of get at something. I I filled these out over the years and someone will be like, if you, you know, do you believe in being, you know, prompt uh, to work or, or, you know, being late is okay. Questions like that. They're kind of like, what, like, what are they trying to get at? But I think those are ones where after asking filling out several of the dozens of those questions sometimes that they'll get a sense of something related to the individual. But then it's tough too, I think, because they feel like trick questions almost. And so you're knowing that this is going to your employer, so our potential employers, so you're kind of filling them out correctly. So yeah, I think it's a little, uh, it's interesting how and where we'll run across these, these screeners and these tests. And I think the big question is like, what are they trying to get at? And especially if you're trying to get a job, you know, you're trying to get a job, you're, you're trying to get hired. So you're going to answer those maybe in a specific way, but do they really get to who you are as well as even the type of employee that you can be? So I think this is something that kind of applies to everybody nowadays in some way.
0: So the question is whether you can game the test or not, I man, this is, uh, really interesting because um, as we were talking, some of these tests, they may um, de- determine your personality. And then uh, the employers are very interested to know whether you're a good fit for the job. But are you really a good fit with the job? Are you really gaming the test? That's the question.
2: What does it mean to game the test? Maybe we can define that one.
0: Yeah, well, I'm just thinking maybe you can. It's just like it. Um, game that you're trying to win. And by that, you're answering in the favor of what the employer wants, you know, of you to answer. And it happens because, um, you know, even I remember, and even in this interview, Dr. Oswald actually mentions that many times in an organization, you're already hired for promotions, Also, they start testing you, whether uh, you can develop in your job and go to a higher level, you still have to have another test. So obviously when you get to know the organization and the culture of organization, and you know what the promotion means, you may actually uh, try to win that promotion. And you don't probably answer, um, sincerely and honestly, you know. So that's the question: whether these tests actually they connect the dots, they really look at the details of what each label means. Um, so basically, um, the question is whether these tests actually show who exactly you are and whether you're a good fit for the job. They're, um, you know, asking you all these questions.
1: I think two terms that come into play a lot of times when it comes to testing is the idea of validity and reliability. And you guys help me with these definitions. It's been a little while since I've taken these uh, (laughs) these kind of courses.
0: uh, As far as I remember, reliability is internal and uh, validity is external. Uh, Whether we are actually measuring what we really want to measure for the internal use and then validity is the um, basically outcome to be expanded to outside. Yeah. And I think these two parts are really important. They really, it, it seems like there are three um, base of a stool. You know, one is reliability, one is validity, and there's another one um, besides that, which I have to remember. Um, but these two are important when we want to make sure the test measures what it's supposed to measure
1: exactly yeah well, re, and that each re, time yeah
2: reliability means can it re, can it be reproduced that's what is it reliable that it's going to give me the same results given the same conditions later on because if it's not then that means there's too much error variance and we don't even know if we're really measuring things accurately Mm -hmm. So reliability is reproducibility, as far as I understand it. And then validity is that question you said, Saide, which is, does this thing, if it says it's measuring punctuality, for example, and I don't know any test that measures that, but let's just use that as an example. If it says it measures that, does it really measure that? Mm -hmm. So if it does, then it's considered valid. And if it doesn't, then it's not valid. Mm -hmm. and then there's lots of different kinds of validity of course which have to do with how the person perceives a test and all that sort of thing
1: internal there's face yeah face validity where it looks like it's measuring what it's measuring yeah right all of that i was going to say along those i was going to mention too that that uh, a lot of times there's a lot of norms and so there's a lot of data that these test results are connected to so these aren't just 10 people did it. A lot of times there's, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of people who've completed these, these tests already. So a person's scores are being compared to the norm and what people have answered before. And so that way it's being compared to, and it's not just, you know, people wonder, like, where do they get this information? How do they know that this is what you know it takes to be in this type of employment? And a lot of times it's because they have all that data that they've collected uh, over the years.
2: Yeah. So, for example, a norm would be I have interviewed if if I had given a test to 100,000 managers across the U.S. in production facilities. And these are all successful managers. And then I find they always score this way on the test then I could probably give this test to aspiring managers and see if they're going to fit in. But I don't know if, I think a couple of questions I have about this whole thing is, number one, is it a test in order to help coach people into a job and do well in the job? Or is it a test to screen people out of jobs? What was, Side, uh, what was that about?
0: Well, I think it's basically both. Because you obviously want a specific personality for a job, right? So you screen out those that you think in this particular personality test are not a good fit, but then those that are good fit, probably you go by, uh, you know, what you go through other, um, you know, maybe defining points for the job or the, the person that you need. But basically, um, you know, I want to say the personality test and success in the job, um, would that be really something that employers are having success about? You know, you know what I mean? Would the personality test really be um the defining point, whether you can hire the best person for the job. And on the other hand, whether that person who gets the job uh, is becoming successful in that particular job. Um, I think the other, um, the other um, base of that stool is fairness. So reliability, validity, and fairness, because also we know um, in Um, industrial psychology, there's a lot about fairness of the choice of the hiring and fairness in evaluation of an employee. Um, But I want to reiterate what you said. Um, Reliability deals with whether you're measuring um, whatever you're measuring and it's a stable over time, which you mentioned, whether it's reproducible. So is it really measuring what is measuring over time? That's my question. Because in personality tests, at the time of the test, this is what it shows um, who you are. But what if you're hiring a 20-year-old person and then throughout the years, you know, they, they just change. They develop their personality and the brain uh, is complete by age 23 or 25, and all of a sudden, you know, they start picking up with experiences, with inner growth, they're not the same person anymore. You know, there are a lot of questions about these personality tests.
1: I think related to that, we can say how does experience add to one's personality? For example, you know, if you're, I remember one of the first jobs I had when I worked for the state, I was 20 years old when I was hired for that job. And one of the reasons why I, I didn't take any like kind of psychological tests uh, that I recall, but uh, one of the reasons why the person who hired me uh, wanted me, she'd said that she liked the fact that I was young and I was moldable so I could be molded into the job in regards to what was needed. So given that I hadn't really had that type of experience before, but i seemed to have a lot of other qualities that she wanted in an employee. I was able to adapt to become, you know, the, the worker that she wanted me to be. Um, and so for her, that was very appealing in that way. And so I think it is something where there is going to be some growth, but is that growth convergent with the role? And, and you, you know, you, as we're developing, especially around that age or identity, is really starting to form. So if, you know, uh, our job is one area w- that really is connected to our identity. So I can see that being a positive thing that you're growing along the, the lines of uh, adapting to that role versus it being something where you're getting further and further away from the role. You're probably going to invest into the job because it's a part of who you are. We, we start to very commonly, we see our jobs as a part of our personality, a part of our identity even. And so I think if anything, that can can be a tighter knit um, kind of connection versus it being kind of divergent in that way.
0: So so my question is whether these tests are reliable enough, because, for example, if part of the test is something about the personality that it's um, in that included the mood, it fluctuates. So it's not stable over time. You know what I mean? It's now all these are questions, but why is big five, the personality um, with, as far as I remember, wasn't it agreeable consciousness, um, openness, you know, those five qualities of a person, would that be uh, more consistent and more reliable because seems like it has a lot of, um, according to Dr. Uh, uh, Oswald, as I was reading, it has a lot of those old and new research into that. And then over time, they have actually improved part of the test. And there are so many details into each of the labels and the labels um, thoughtfully have been chosen because it covers a lot of more of subtitle of of that particular characteristic. So, um, based on him who is actually expert in that field, it seems like you know. Come in comparison, he doesn't want to say anything negative about other tests, but the way he talks about the Big Five, it seems like he positively talks about that. Seems, um, you know, he actually likes more. Um, to um, implement that, those tests in the organizations?
2: Well, probably wanting to make sure you screen out things like what color dot are you type of tests, you know, that get, or I don't know as much about DISC, the test called DISC, but the dot color and stuff like that. A lot of those are a little bit kind of fun and sort of, it's like, you could use it as an icebreaker. I'm probably... Pissing off a whole lot of people when I say what I'm saying. <laughs> but and the big five, which is neuroticism, extroversion, agreeableness, openness, and conscientiousness, those are the five factors that Costa McRae said, Hey, you know what? If we factor analyze all these other personality tests, we can boil them down to five factors here. Pretty much everything can be boiled down to these five factors. That's what they're saying and they've done such a tremendous amount of research that it's pretty unlikely any of these other tests have as much research. Or there are tests, personality inventories, probably not best called that. It's more like organizational coaching inventories. So Hogan is one of the well-known in the field and they based their stuff on the big five, but it, it ends up breaking it out into several different elements things like that. So I think that what they're saying is probably, is there empirical support for it? Or has a lot of research been done to support it? And if there hasn't, then it may be helpful. It's probably helpful because it gets people to think about what they're doing and who they are and who their coworkers are and to see them in a little different light. But it also may be some stuff that just people just made up. It can be that.
0: The interesting part was that, um, you know, when, um, you know, I've done the, uh, I don't know if you have Um, done the Myers and Briggs or not, but I have done it. And then he actually, Dr. Oswald talks about that. For example, the results of that test is extrovert uh, thinking. um, And then there's some opposite ends. Um, I can't remember exactly what um, the results of one of the tests he was actually talking about was, but the question that he was bringing up was, how could a person be extrovert and then be this? These are the things that we need to look at the relationship. And and he said, are we as employer, um, do we have the knowledge to be able to ask questions regarding the results and outcome of the test so we can get more information? For example, if for the job, we need someone who's extrovert, but then look at the other part of this person as a result and ask questions, have good questions so that you can connect these parts and then realize more about that person rather than the general idea of this person is good for the job. How could someone who is judgmental, for example, um be a good person for this job but as soon as you see someone is extra weird extroversion um and then you feel like this is a quality you're looking for why don't you look at all the other parts of this person that may not be a good fit you know but what he was just basically actually saying um regarding the big 5 he was just saying you know it's interesting that the first um these group of people who started researching and coming up with these labels, they actually looked at a lot of details of a person. And then they tried to connect all these, um, you know, um, characteristics of a person and then uh, categorize it under one label. So it says it was such a um, research that Even now, uh, when you go back to the details and connect all these relationships between um, the characteristics, you realize that it's meaningful. So uh, all basically he was talking about was, you know, let's be more thoughtful as an employer when we are hiring or When as an employee, we want to be successful in our jobs, um, look at, um, you know, yes, you want to put your foot in, but then also realize that is this the job that you think when you look at the success in life? this is what you want to do. So basically it was a lot about these type of questions, which I thought it would be interesting for our listeners that if they're looking for a job or if they're employer and employing um, or hiring people, uh, it is important to really pay attention to these things. As someone who's outgoing, but whether that person is as reliable uh, is, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of questions comes with other characteristics of a person
1: I don't want to be neurotic but we need to uh, take a bit of a break and <laughs> okay. then we can come back <laughs>
0: yeah okay well we are going back uh after the break um we are coming back actually not going back <laughs> but uh I want to say some words in Farsi. Uh, شنمندگان عزیز راژیوبامداد من سعیده ملک افزالی هستم به همراه دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر بعد دکتر الکسندراده در خدمتون هستیم روزهای شنبه و یه شمبه. از ساعت 12 تا 1 که بعد از ظهر و هر بار راجبه موضوعات روانشناسی یا موضوعات روز صحبت می‌کنیم امروز صحبتمون راجب تستای روانشناسی در کارهای استخدامی بود چون اینداستریال سایکولوژی یکی از برانچ‌های سایکولوژی هستش که روز به روز مهم‌تر میشه و در ادارات و مؤسسات و کارخانجات از کسانی که در این رشته تخصص دارن استفاده میکنم ما این رو صحبتمون رو در مورد تستای روانشناسی برای استخدام داشتیم و خواهش میکنم اگر کسانی هستن که فکر میکنین از های ما به زبان انگلیسی استفاده میکنن ازشون دعوت کنین به برنامه ما تحت عنوان culture and psychology از رادیو روسای شمب و شنبه ساعت دوازده تا یک توجه داشته باشن زمینن پادکست های ما هم در گوگل و آیتون اگر سرچ کنن تحت عنوان culture and psychology از شرکت طبانا میتونن به تمام تاپیک های مورد علاقه‌شون توجه بکنن We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandra, and we continue our conversation regarding uh, whether the personality test for hiring determine if we are a good person or a good fit for the job or not. Uh, so far, we've been talking about uh, different personality tests and the um actually real reliability validity and fairness of the test um, we talked about uh, myers and bricks we talked about five uh, big five tests and we continue our conversation and the question uh, now is if um, these tests are helpful and they really measure what they say they measure
1: i was just thinking this might sound like a complete separation from what we're talking about but could we not fill out these tests if we wanted to? <laughs> I feel like with like the online job application process, it can be so daunting and overwhelming. A lot of people I think are, are apprehensive to do that. And I think that's a part too, even calling it testing and psychological testing. It, it, it sounds like this is going to get to the root of you. Like this is going to figure you out. I, I, I can't help but notice, even as we were talking about it earlier, we were like, this can screen you out. Versus kind of screening you in. You know, we think of something that like this is going to exclude you from getting the job. So I think a lot of people maybe have this fear that this information is going to be used against you in a kind of a negative way, versus it being something that maybe you can use to show you that you can do this job. But I think that's part of the problem with this process a lot of times is, uh, you know, you're not given that information. Let me, let me take a step back for a second. I usually work with a lot of uh, individuals who are looking for jobs. And one of the hardest things sometimes is they don't get feedback about why they didn't get the job. And so it's so hard because I think in that void of information, most people will end up attributing to themselves that there must be something wrong with them. They did something wrong. They're not enough. And I think these psychological tests too can sometimes induce a little bit of that fear. And so I think it's important to recognize that this isn't maybe something that is just used to maybe screen you out, but hopefully can be used to screen you in. But it's hard because you don't know what those results are. No one's sitting down with you and being like, you know what? This is how you scored on these, uh, these questionnaires, you know, is that, you know, even having that opportunity to, to talk about that, to to debrief might allow a person to be like, yeah, I felt like that's what I was supposed to say. Or that's the expectation and filling those, those Mm -hmm. questions out in that way. What are your guys' thoughts or reactions to that?
2: I'm um, brought back to Sade's question about gaming the test. Mm. I think the more sophisticated tests are pretty hard to game. But actually, let me back up one step too. I think what you said is so right on, Alex. I can remember long time ago taking some sort of a screening when I was applying for a job, and I just felt very resentful of the whole process there. And I think it's a very important piece that. To me, yes, some tests can measure what we want to measure, but they also need to be interpreted by a human being and not just used as a computer screening to screen people out. The reason for that is that with some of these tests, organizational tests, they can show you where your weaker spots are, and they also show you your strengths, but what they don't show is Maybe you have developed these strengths to compensate for such weaknesses, and that you can be very successful having done so. So, a, a test is just a static snapshot and doesn't really show the process of how somebody actually does work or employs their strengths and weaknesses to do things. And that's a very, very important part in terms of a job. So, they do need to be interpreted with respect to the individual and see the individual. I suspect they're not always used that way. I don't know how they're used in the industry. I have a colleague who is does uh, uh, only organizational psychology, and what he says is he wouldn't do he wouldn't administer any of those tests for screen as screening purposes. He says because you'll end up in a lawsuit.
0: Mm, that is interesting. Well, going back to, for example, some of these popular um, personality tests like Myers and Brecht's, When it comes to, for example, at the end, the result is, for example, INTJ. So whatever stands for, like introvert, um, um, uh, let's say, judgmental thinking, uh, judging, thinking, you are creating a profile about a person. So basically, if you just accept this as a profile, you're missing all those details of a person. So... um, I mean, I know it's a very popular test. I've done it in our organization, um, in even management, um, you know, field. We were taking it. But the most important part is that if you are creating that profile, what are the variables in this, you know, um, basic profile that you can point to? Um, Or or whether all together as a person who is thinking, introvert, judging, what does that mean in an organization? Like I I compare myself in my position and taking this test in in the um, management field what did that do for my promotion or what did that do except that it created a profile that whenever we had professional development, for example, they were mixing introvert with extrovert or, you know, when we were doing activities or when we were making decisions, maybe grouping was, you know, some sort of putting diverse, um, as a result of these tests, diverse group together so they can make better decisions, uh, that type of thing. But um, but just creating that profile, something, it's more complicated than that. As you were just saying, Dan, like your friend who is um, industrial psychologist, um, and and now we know it's a very popular. Um, Um, basic subject in psychology. It's a branch of psychology that we see more and more is getting um, more attention. But when we think about the test in even psychopathology, granted some of these tests are reliable and valid, otherwise they wouldn't be in the market. But as a psychologist, when you're dealing with a person, there's so many other pieces that when you're supporting a person, um, you ask. So I'm just kind of expanding this in the world of, um, you know, employment.
1: I think a lot of times it feels very tangible in regards to having a score or a response. You can say you this was your score on this or this is what the person scored. But then it's interesting too, because I remember in my, my, my learning and my training regarding testing, you're, you're not even really encouraged to even write in a definitive way. You, you don't say that this person is this, or this is that it's, it's more based on the test results. This indicates kind of thing. And so I think as nice as it is to have this like concrete score, which I think sometimes employers can maybe point to and say, this is how the person scored. They're within this range. This is an acceptable range. We'll 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 allow this, we'll permit this. There's also a lot of like you said, there's a lot of room for interpretation and individuality where it's like, okay, in, in gaming, like we were just talking about gaming, the the, the the test, maybe responding in a way that they think they're supposed to. Um, you know, all those things can maybe potentially influence it. So we're we're not getting such a clear picture, but we're having to Maybe employers are trying to get as accurate as a picture as possible, yet still knowing that you know it's a bit of a struggle. Kind of reminds me. I I'm at the point now. I don't know if my life and my career. I don't believe in doing interviews with these like stock questions. Uh, I've even recently had to kind of decline some opportunities because if people are like, Oh, tell me a time where you've dealt with a, a difficult uh, employee, uh, you know, a supervisor, or tell me a time you've had a problem that was been challenging. Like, I don't want to do those anymore. I I'm like, you gotta, if you want to sit down and have a conversation with me and talk with me about the work I do and my experiences, yes, but don't give me these stock questions where I'm supposed to have the stock answer it just, I it, it doesn't appeal to me like I it really like I bristle when somebody asks me those types of questions because it's like, no, like that's that's too generic of a question to get to some depth with who I am and what my experience is. I could see if maybe starting out my first year, second year, maybe even, but I've been doing this, I think, now for long enough where I can say, I can think of. I remember one time I have to say this, sorry, I'm on a bit of a tangent, but I, so many time was like, somebody asked me like, oh, have you ever dealt with like a patient who has trauma? And I'm like, all day, every day, like everybody, like, why are you asking me that like ridiculous question? Like that's, you're going to, you, you're not going to get the answer that you want. That sounds like a nice cookie cutter response. Sorry. I just had to say that. So yeah, that, hey, that's why, my response.
2: Why didn't you just say yes?
1: <laughs> the question You say, yeah, it's like <laughs> lean forward. Yes, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> yes. But Alex, you took me uh, at a time I went for an interview. 14 principals and VPs from the districts were sitting in a conference uh, room and they were interviewing me. It was such a terrible day for me sitting there and all these experienced people, they were questioning me. And it was really interesting. I never forget that because one of these VPs was a friend of someone I knew. And then she called me after and she said, this was your response. And they were questioning about that after you left. And it was interesting because they asked me, In a world that we are are, um, dealing with all these diverse students from all different levels, how would you reach out to all these? So I, I mean, and I believed at the time, and even maybe now I would, I said, you have to start from wherever they are and then Bring them up to where you need to, because you can just based on this is the curriculum and you have to really um, work with them where it's on top of their head. You have to start from where they begin. So you have to have different types of curriculum for those that are at this level or hire people so that they can group them and they can work with different groups. <laughs> they said they, I mean, she actually says, she. Said, after you left, they go, Oh, so we have to purchase all these different curriculums for all these levels and then put all this budget. And um, I mean, you know, the mindset, the politics, the budget, everything comes to that question. But I responded from my heart because I was looking at what the kids need. You know what I mean? Rather than whether they need this and that and, and hire people or do this, because basically what I was thinking was, what are the needs of a students? So when they asked me question, I was answering from my heart. And thinking of those poor kids who are behind two levels, three levels. So obviously, you need to really reach out to them. But I'm just thinking, you know, if you want to game the question, you have to always think of politics, you have to think of um, budget, you have to think what the organization wants from you. So in a way, it's if you want to get that job, you are not answering from you know, what you believe in sometimes you have to just, you know, just brings me back to many things in life that if you open up and say what you think, you know, you're open up a can of worm because then no, really, because, because, you know, there are all these other people listening and, uh, and then you have to start arguing or you have to start debating or you have to start really having such a, um, you know, um, heated argument or conversation. So I'm just saying, you know, same as, uh, you know, sitting there, you want to be hired. So you're very political. You're trying to answer what they want to hear, or are you really saying what you think you should say?
1: Well, I was going to say, just uh, like Daniel, maybe we should, maybe we should have just said yes to that question when they asked it, you know, and uh, see what happens. So I don't want to be overly agreeable, but uh, I think we are at another break. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay. So this time you're not neurotic. But yes. yes. <laughs> moved on. I, I'm
1: going to, I'm going to mention each one during a break. I'm going to try to yes. squeeze it in there. Yes. So we got neuroticism, <laughs> yeah. agreeableness. Extroversion and uh, conscientiousness
0: will be in there somewhere. <laughs> but that was very conscientious. We appreciate that because we need to have a break. <laughs> so I'm going to say some words in Farsi. Shervanegah uh, Azize I Radio bomb dot. I guess <laughs> in the company of as <laughs> that and ye و دکتر الکسندرادی من سعیده ملک افسلی هستم و اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی رادیو بام بامداد روزهای شنبه و شنبه فقط ساعت دوازد تا یک این برنامه رو برای کمک به کسانی که ترجیح میدن به زبان انگلیسی به برنامه ای ما توجه کنن گذاشتن خواهش میکنم اگر دوست دارین مسائلی رو که ما تاال مطرح کردیم چیزهایی بوده که شما شاید جور دیگر رو بخوایم و با ما صحبت کنیم با رادیو بام داد که ما سعی کنیم اون چیزهایی رو که شما دوست دارین بشنیم راجبش بدونین در برنامهمون بگنجونیم ما یک بریک کوتاه میدیم برمیگردیم و صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم with dr daniel rockers and dr Alexandrade. this is saide malik Afzali speaking um we are uh, having this program on their culture and psychology um on saturdays and sundays at one to two uh, from radio bondad and if you like to listen to our podcast uh, our podcasts are on iTube and Google. If you Google us under culture and psychology uh, from RadioBomb. You can pick the topics that we have talked so far. Um, I think we have more than 120 some uh, podcasts so far under so many different topics. Today, our topic was about the personality test and um, the organizations that use that for their hiring. And there are so many factors in these um, personality tests that we were basically talking about and whether uh, these tests are um, the best source for, for hiring the person who is a good fit for the job we are trying to hire.
2: Well, I just wanted to air some of my grievances, too, since, Alex, you talked about your annoyance with interview process, Sidae, you talked about your interview process, irritation. I think I've got some unresolved trauma as well that I better get out onto the air. Just
1: kidding about that.
2: No, actually, I do have unresolved trauma. i got plenty of those. I just don't want
1: to get them out on the air. Yes, right yes. Let's yes. that's, that's cut his mic. Where's the mic cut? Let's cut the mic. Okay. <laughs> All
2: right, This guy's going a little too far, too fast.
1: Very good. What's well, your work stuff, though, Daniel? I'd love to hear it. What's that? What's your work stuff? I'd love to hear it. The work stuff. What do you mean? Um, well, as far as your grievances with the work process and uh, interviewing oh. process. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be the only one who's upset about this. So, uh, yeah, I want to hear yours. Well, no, I
2: think I have mentioned that. It's that I was kind of resentful about having that psych test there because I'm pretty sure it was not something that was going to be reviewed. And I think it was just a screen out type of deal. And I think that's what a lot of these end up being is just screen out things. And my grievance with that is, A, it's personal. I don't want that to happen to me. But B is it gives a bad name to psychology because then people think, oh, that's what psych tests are used for. It's just to scream people out. You know, it's like people getting the bad HR departments, human resources department, getting a bad name if they don't help people. I worked with a number of people in the worker comp system where the HR department was not helpful for them. And in fact, it was detrimental to what they were doing one would think human resources would be helpful and should be helpful for humans but (laughs) it's in the name right
1: it's in the name
2: uh yeah that's maybe so maybe they should i don't know is it resources for humans or is it resources for whatever blah 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 that's my grievance i probably need some trauma (laughs) therapy for that sort of a thing
1: too Well, I think it relates to the question that is is connected to testing is who is the client and human resources. is part of the company. So sometimes it can seem as though their best interest is the company versus the the employee. I know I've done uh, psychological testing within the prison setting and uh, uh, the institutional uh, prison setting. And we were reminded that the client isn't the person they're doing the testing for. The client is the court because the court is going to use that information. So again, I don't say that to make people apprehensive about going to their human resources department, but I think it is something important to remember too, that their number one priority may not be making sure that they're serving humans, but instead as an entity of the company, they're trying to navigate or negotiate that, 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 delicate space
2: excellent what a, what thank you, a, you alex for bashing hr so I <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I think, hopefully that takes me off the hook here you just teed I, me up for it teed teed me up for it yeah did you well, want I to jump in said. on the uh, hr bashing too
0: no i just wanted to say something about um the hiring another side of the table i was sitting i was hiring teachers for new areas we are expanding in our organization so The HR actually had created all these uh, questions regarding all aspects of the job. So when I was interviewing, I picked three teachers out of first screening and the applicants and then also sitting in an interview with them. And two of them turned out to be perfect for the job. One who actually aced the question. And I never forget, I had never hired someone who answered everything from the point I was looking to hear those answers when um, you know they responded to the questions. It was like 100%. I've never had someone to answer all these questions perfectly. So when you say gaming the test, gaming the interview is also another thing. So she actually gave me the hardest time you can ever imagine. And the fact that was going on, you know, I was 100% on the side of the students and families, obviously, because this is where the, the you know, um, actually butter and bread is, you know, you have to provide all you can for the students and parents for their education and for supporting them to bring the kids to a point that they need. So, This person was all about herself. And it was just such a challenge that someone who aced the interview, whose application was almost close to perfect for what we wanted, but it wasn't about the kids. It was about just what she wanted and how she wanted. And so we went through so much ups and downs with this person to bring her on board. And obviously- um, even though we were we were at well, and we didn't have union, but I just wanted to bring this person to a point she realizes what she's doing, and what she's not doing, and it was I would say the hardest experience of my job as a principal. And um, the the point I wanted to say is when you when we talk about gaming the questions or gaming the test, if you're a smart in whatever way i I mean whether smartness just getting the job if you're at that point you can so i had that experience both ways you know so someone who answered exactly what we wanted to hear versus for example myself that i said what i believed in and they didn't want to hear that you know what i mean it's like very interesting experiences both sides and As I said, I've sat on many um, panels for hiring, but this was uh, a really tough experience to go through. So talking about these tests, talking about the screening, talking about applications, majority of the time works, but there are times that you run into someone who knows how to manipulate and how to respond to get the job.
2: It isn't all a part of interviewing to put your best foot forward. I mean, it's not to bleed all over the place and say how bad you are, right? It's
0: sure, uh, yes,
2: Alex. I know you're having some response there. Uh, I'm just trying, attempting to dramatize the question a bit to make a point. (laughs)
1: Great job! um,
2: Isn't that? Aren't we? Aren't people? What advice would you give people for their interview? Should they? not try to put their best foot forward or what
0: i where, think where a combination of both just be real i think especially in today's world where um you know the smartness at some point is being yourself you know just be real um because if on the other side of the table there are people who are understanding or conscientious they get it if you're real or not right But then sometimes, um, you know, especially in fields of education, psychology, where we are always, you know, thinking of the other side, you know, we often think that people are the same. People are not going to do anything except who they are or how real they are. But I agree with you, Dan, you usually want to put your foot in. But to what extent, if it's all about you, you're going to show up and you're going to end up being being fired, you know, but if you're smart, you want to keep the job, right? You don't want to do anything that you jeopardize your employment. I'm
2: okay, the here's guy. a question. I have a question for you. Uh, recently, Uh-oh. a client went through interviews and he said it was three o'clock on a Friday and these were through Zoom. And I said, well, what were the people like? And he says, Yeah. Um, some of them were really checked out. You could tell it was just Friday afternoon and he showed me how she was just uh, there oh, wow. like staring off and not really paying attention. Mouth and
1: gape and not yeah, like leaning, <laughs> leaning awkwardly in front of the camera versus sitting up straight and paying attention. Huh? Okay.
2: Exactly right. This is one of the interviews, interviewers. My question to you, Saideh, is this. To be real, should he have said, look, I think some of you are not paying attention Would that have been appropriate? Would that have been being real or what? How should he have responded in such situation? (laughs) I want to see how she answers.
0: Come on. No, 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 no. I don't mean to be rude. Someone shouldn't be rude, obviously. What
2: if he thought she wasn't paying attention?
0: Yeah, but you never do that. Whether you even not want to go back to that team, but you never say to the face of people. But what I mean, no, when it comes to your values, when it comes to, you know, day-to-day job you're dealing with, you have to go by your values. You have to be real because how are you going to fake it and then go to the job and you really can't do follow those policies? I mean, everything is a fine line. Obviously, we want to be political. We want to watch what the society wants. But on the other hand, you can also have the talent to play with all these you know pieces and then in a way show up as who you are you know don't you think so even in interview i have seen um you know people who come to interview when i was sitting at uh, in the panel who were, who were really real and due to the fact they were real we love to hire them without these are the people we want because of you know dealing with um parents dealing with the students or dealing with, uh, you know, customers or in different parts of the job. Or I think I shared once that we were trying to hire a secretary for a department. And I was sitting at that panel. And I remember somebody who, who came, it was a young person and said, I worked in coffee shop. I opened the coffee shop at five o'clock and I handled everyone at five. O'clock. She didn't have much experience uh, in secretarial, but the way she showed up, showed how responsible she was, how she made sure none of the day's coffee shop was closed, even at five o'clock. As a young person, we were just thinking, you know even though she doesn't show how much experience she has for this particular job, but because of her personality, because of her, you know, being real, not fake it to say, you know, I have experience in this job, I can do this and that, but just showed up as a person who was um, responsible, who was energetic, uh, who wanted to be part of the organization, and we all agreed that, um, and she became one of our best employees. So uh, we have a lot of good experiences with people who were real, who showed up as who they are, and um, on the other hand, we hired people who were really great in a screening and in interview. Some of them were good, some were mediocre, um, and some you know, we're not that good. So I'm just saying we, with the experience, we had all these sorts of different people, by the way, we are at the end of our talk and we need to finalize our conversation. We start with Dr. Andrade.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, because we're so extroverted, uh, we just continued to talk about these things. So uh, yeah, my, my advice to, or my recommendation to uh, listeners is, is just trying to, to answer those questions is just part of the, the entire process. Don't overthink it in regards to what you're supposed to answer. But again, going back to what you said, Saida, your values, trying to answer those questions that align with your values and how you see those things. Of course, you're going to want to answer, right. But also think of, you know, in me being here in this job and bringing my full self, What speaks to me? What feels most true for me? And we can hope that they're having the screen-in approach versus maybe the screen-out approach. And that's what we have control over in those situations is trying to answer that fully and, and best we can.
2: I think that... Number one rule is don't bash HR departments. Number two. I don't work for anybody anymore
1: because I've done that too much. So
2: yeah. yeah. I've been fired enough times to, to, uh, to learn. Just put your best foot forward in those interviews. You're kidding,
0: Daniel. How could people fire you? You always exaggerate negatively.
2: Oh, I've been fired before. (laughs) And probably with valid reason, when I was younger, I didn't pay, pay attention very well. I was off in my own world. <laughs> anyway, what I would say is, um, now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Something about the You're fired.
1: Process. You're fired. Oh,
2: in the interview process, the key there is you use those, even though if you don't have the, the answer for the question or the best answer for the question, use the question as a way to tell a story about your good qualities. In other words, you want to show who you are as a person. It's less about giving the quote unquote right answer. In my opinion, it's less about giving the right answer and more about demonstrating some of your personality and personal characteristics. Because in interviews, generally, they're wanting to find out, will this person fit in our organization? Can Can I work with this person? Would I like being around this person? all day long, every day. That's the thing.
0: Yeah. And I just sort of want to, um, reiterate what you said then in some ways, um, you know, during interview, if you really want the job so badly, um, I mean, obviously you're going to try your best to answer what they want to hear. So that's another story, but if you really want to work in a place that you want to show up as who you are, you know, you have to really show that side of you, which is a real you. So when they ask questions, they usually want someone who is genuine, who is hardworking, who is real, who works well with the team. And also um, is good both as an individual decision maker and as a team decision maker. So just do your best who you are. And usually at the very end, they ask a question to say, is there anything else that... We didn't ask. And you would like to tell us. And that's how you can really shine and show who you are. And then bring those positive things about you at the very end. And it's not, don't feel like you're bragging. Always remember, this is your chance. So you want to show up as, um, you know, a person that is confident and wants, knows what she or he wants and show that up. So with that, I want to say goodbye to our listeners. We are going to come back tomorrow at the same time and speak uh, about some of the psychological or current issues. And I want to thank Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alex who have been always, um, you know, co-partner in this show. And um, we come back tomorrow. Have a wonderful Saturday.
3: پس از این زاری مکن عوصه یاری مکن تو ای دل دیوانه با دیری نه، به مزار سی le khabaran de la تو باز آمدم اثر کوی او دل دیوانه هنان کردم در خاکطرم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه. چه بگویم با من دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم be khabara de lebane سر کو او دل دیوانه اان کردم در خاک آن همه آری دل دیوانه ها کردیم تو مرا با عشق و آشنا کردیم پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به دل دیوانه بخباران دل دیوانه رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا